today we're going to be uh, in Joshua chapter 1. We're going through a series called Highs and Lows. Because life will throw you some highs and lows. So the question is always like, how do you as an individual navigate through the highs and lows of your life? How do you figure out what to do, how to do, and, and why you should do it? Why you should do the thing you want to do? Um, and, and I believe at the core of who we are as humans, uh, we're always asking the question, why am I here? Or why, what should I do? Why should I do this? And how should I do it? Um, and, and I think life is continuously figuring that out. And we're going to see in a little bit when we get to uh, Joshua 1.7. Uh, but, but the joy we have is that we have help in Jesus. We have help in Jesus in figuring out what life should look like. That Jesus did not just drop us on the earth and go like, go figure. No, he laid down his life so that we have someone who is leading us in our life. So be encouraged no matter where you are at. And, and, and the, the, the other exciting thing is we get to study scripture together. And, and the one scripture in, in this book that invites us to meditate on God's word is found even in Joshua. So I'm a little bit more excited that we get to do what God calls us to do. But just a little bit on uh, who this Joshua guy is. Uh, if you were not here last week, we, uh, we read from Joshua 1, from uh, verse 1 to 5. And today we're going to focus from verse 6 to 9. Um, and the original goal was to do this in 14 weeks. That was the original goal. Uh, but with how things are set up right now. We'll just uh, keep going and learning through. But Joshua was a dude who was Moses' assistant. That's the one big thing that everyone knew him for. And, and this is a guy with Caleb. Uh, when God had told Moses that I want you to go conquer this land, uh, Joshua was sent uh, with a dude named Caleb to go and scout the land and, and spy. Let's use that word because that's what the scripture uses. Uh, to spy this land. And out of the entire group that went with them, uh, Joshua and Caleb are the two guys that came back with a, hey man, that land is amazing. We're going to conquer it. Let's do it. Well, everyone was like, man, this life is tough. Let's just stay here. This is a little bit more comfortable. We know what we're eating. We know what we're up to. Those are giants. We can't, we can't go there. We can't do that. So Joshua is one of the guys that did that. He's a guy also that led the battle against the Amalekites. If you remember the Amalekites uh, in Scripture, um, uh, the guys that were a little bit against the people of Israel, Joshua was a guy that led uh, that, uh, that team. And Joshua was not just an assistant, but he was a close ally of Moses almost all his life. And he's the one that God commissioned to serve with Moses and God commissioned to replace Moses and he was filled by and with the Spirit of God to do what God wanted him to do. Now the reason why last week was I think a little bit more important for me um, I think you should have the notes if you were on a group that you received the relics of the music. Is that last week we saw that God guarantees his presence as we navigate through life and follow him. And God will keep his word. That if there's one thing that we are guaranteed is that God will be with us. And I don't know what, what you're going through right now, but this truth is crucial. 
This is a one thing that you need to have your heart sit on. That no matter what, God is with me. Because we live in life and life throws us some highs and some lows that makes us think, man, is God even with me? I don't know about you. Uh, I have the other side where I go like, is God really real in this situation? Come on. Is God really there? I don't, I don't know about you, but I've asked that question before. And sometimes we, <laughs> we, uh, we have a vision of a God that is afraid of asking our big questions. <laughs> So, so we are even afraid to bring our biggest questions to God because we're like, hey man, I'm not sure if I, I should even be wrestling with that. But if you have a God who is really, truly with you, so even in your moments, your lowest moments of doubt, where is God? He's there. Your moments of confusion, where is God? He's there. Your moments of, I don't know if life is about this, where is God? He's there. So this is an incredible thing that you and I should be thinking about. Am I going to step on that thing? Yep. <laughs> Show some love to Kevin, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin is a good friend and a man of God. <laughs> uh, he, he, uh, he's going uh, to ABC. That's where he's a student at. And he leads worship at our sister church in Ligongwe. So he's in town for some outreach and some work, and we, we're grateful that you're in the city. Amen. But talking about God guarantees his presence, and he invites us to rely on him and, and to rise up and, and to refocus our lives so that we can be able to see who he is and how he's inviting us to do life. It is super important for you and me to, to be at that place and to recognize the things that we need uh, courage for. So this morning we're going to read from Joshua chapter 1. Verse, for the sake of context, I would read just from uh, verse 1 through 9. But we're going to focus on verse 6 through 9. Amen? Let us read the word of the Lord. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses, my uh, Moses is assistant. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all these people, into the land that I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause these people to inherit the land that I sold to their forefathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law that Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. 
for them you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success have i not commanded you be strong and courageous do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the lord your god is with you wherever you go for the lord your god is with you wherever you go let me pray uh, holy spirit teach us this morning and help us see that you are with us in every way amen, amen. now reading this passage and actually if you get time to read even the entire chapter you get to see god repeating himself and saying be strong and courageous haven't i told you to be strong and courageous be strong and courageous have i not commanded you and sometimes we hear something like that we go like yeah he's got to be strong and courageous we hear that we go like oh yeah that that makes sense you got to be strong and courageous but why would god tell this man joshua to be strong and courageous why would god say that why would god say have i not commanded you to be strong and courageous why is god so serious about making this one thing clear that i want you to be strong and courageous i think one of the things when when you read verse 6 you see let me just go there be strong and courageous for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that i saw to their forefathers to give them and and in this moment i see that god wants joshua to have the encouragement when it comes to be strong and courageous because of the people he was going to lead if i'm not wrong people are complicated <laughs> you are a complicated human being I am a super complicated human being and leading people is not the easiest thing. Now this guy Joshua had seen his boss Moses leading a people that God called stiff-necked. Like God said when these people are man I'm done with you. There is even as a moment in scripture where Moses was tired with him. So God is saying be strong and courageous because you're going to lead who? This people. And this guy is like, "Man, I don't like this promotion." I'm not about you, but you're like, "Man, these guys, God gave them everything and they still complain. God opened the Red Sea and they still complain. God gave them manna, they still complain." You're like, "Man, wait, wait, what about dessert?" You know, like God gave them whatever they needed and they still complain. <coughs> And I don't know about you but life tends to put us in places where we have to do life with people. And that sounds like I'm repeating myself. But life is about doing life with people. And people are complicated. And people, people are on a journey. Now, let me break you down what I mean. This is how I look at humans. I just don't look at humans as they're Christians. or maybe less christian oh and cherished or whatever it is i i look at my life as i'm on a journey and jesus is the center of all what life is about so i'm either on the journey towards jesus 
or away from Jesus. And maybe on my journey, I'm a little bit closer to Jesus. So when you sit in a church like this, all I'm knowing and all I'm sensing is that people on a journey with Jesus. And I don't know where you are on that journey. That you're either closer to Jesus or you're like, man, life is a little bit hard. Uh -huh. Life is a little bit hard. Life is complicated. Let me try this church thing now. And if you are here because you're like, you're at that place, welcome. That's a great place to be. You're on a journey. Don't condemn yourself. Don't let us make you feel like, why are you there? No, 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 no. You are on a journey towards God and you're trying to figure that out. And that is okay. Some of us, we're like, hey, we're so comfortable with Jesus that like, we even know his nicknames. You know, like Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah, all these other names that we call God. And we're like, man, he even has nicknames. You know what I mean? Like, we, we're so comfortable. We are there. Well, for some of us, we, we're like, man, I grew up in church. I was told all these things about God, but I want to find out for myself. So you're in that process. I want you to be okay with that. Amen? I want you to be okay with that. You're on a journey. People are on journeys. And in a journey, you meet a lot of things. Every journey can have breakdowns. Like if you're going to Lilongwe, there are specific places with specific potholes. Then I'm like, who is this artist that keeps sorting out this road with different potholes? And sometimes when you hit a pothole, your car can be fine, right? But sometimes, there's something you have been through before can wreck you. And life... It's full of you figuring out in that journey and you being a human who is complicated. And that complication, sometimes it feels like we received it. No, there are things that I caused myself. There's a brokenness that I messed up and caused it on myself. But there are things because I was in specific situations that other people did to me and made, a little, made my life a little bit more complicated. And we can carry and do life from that kind of place. So life is a little bit complicated and you are on a journey. My hope for you is that on that journey you are completely moving and surrendering to Jesus. You are going towards Jesus, not away from Jesus. Because realistically, the reasons that most of the times moves us away from God are humans. Not God himself, most of the time. Like the moments I've hit, oh man, Christians are hypocrites. It was not God is a hypocrite. It was who? Christians are. Why are they so judgmental? It was not God that I had a problem with. It was humans I had a problem with. So I want us to even be aware on our journeys as, as we are walking towards God that the blocks, the roadblocks, we are facing the portholes we are avoiding. I want us to call them what they are. Things that as humans we've caused and brought on ourselves half of the time. Now the things that life, just life, will just bring to you. And then that, those are the things we bring to God and we surrender. And we wrestle with those things with God together. Not apart from God. Because that's my, <laughs> that's my favorite place. 
I'm like, okay, God, it looks like you're doing that. So maybe you cannot handle that conversation. I'm going to go and find a book that can handle that conversation. I'm going to find a podcast that can handle that conversation. I'm going to find something else apart from you because it doesn't look like you can handle why is there so much pain in the world. And know what I'm reminded of? Is God steps into the world and publicly answers that question. But that's one of my biggest question when I didn't believe in God that I wrestled with. Why is there so much evil? Why is there so much pain? Why is there so much, so much, so much, so much? And this sounds like a silly answer. Stay with me. But Jesus goes to the cross, a righteous man, to actually agree with you that the world is full of evil. Look at a righteous man dying on the cross. Jesus goes to the cross and say, man, it's painful. Man, it's painful. Because sometimes we only sit on the, hey, Jesus really, really died a painful death on a cross physically. But hey, those of you that have wrestled with depression and other things because life is hard. Do you remember a scene in the Bible where Jesus is praying to God? And this is his exact words. And I know I repeat this because it's important. Father, if it is your will, let this cup pass away from me. Do you remember that? And that guy came to fully die on the cross for you and me. That's what, that was the whole point of his life. I'm coming to die for you. Days before. Father, that the thing you want me to do is rough. It's hard. It's complicated. The people you want me to save are complicated. The people I'm helping, the organization I'm sending money to, is complicated. They're using da 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 Because we can get so caught up and feel like God is not enough to answer our pain. So you look at the cross. You want to know how deeply rooted the injustice in the world goes? Look at the cross. Because the cross is screaming. This world is unjust, so unjust. The cross also screams, man is so unfair. It's so unfair. So if you've ever hit a place where you're like, man, this world is so unfair, guess what Jesus is saying? I know. Look at me. I know this world is what? Unfair. If you're thinking about complications and and betrayal. <laughs> his original squad, his best friends, his actual group that was in the end, that all, not only saw him do miraculous things, but God sent them to do miraculous things. That group, when it came a moment of need, a moment of pain, a moment of frustration, a moment where they were gripped with fear, they ran away. They completely ran away. Like, man, I'm not handling this, man. You know what I mean? And, and sometimes we feel that way when we hit certain places. That where are my friends? I don't know if you've ever felt that. Where are the friends that said we're going to be with me through it all? And the cross answers that confusing question. Pain, frustration, anger, 
bitterness. The cross says, look at my son. The point out, we keep saying this. The Bible completely says you have a high place. You have a friend in Jesus who fully knows what you're going through. Not because he's just in heaven and looking at what you're going through, but because he's been through it all. To the point, yeah, and I'm gonna, this is gonna be a complicated part. Hello. So the rest was not complicated. <laughs> so if I'm not clear, just forgive me and just go home and pray for me. Jesus was tempted in every way. Do you remember that verse? He was tempted in what? Every way. What does every way mean? Every way. So, this is complicated. So, do you think God the Son could either have been male or female? What am I saying? What I'm saying is this. If you are struggling with your sexuality, don't you think God knows and can handle that? If you are struggling with shame, don't you think God knows and can handle that? If you're struggling with same-sex attraction, do you think God knows you and knows that is complicated? Do you think God knows or God avoids that conversation? Do you think God sits in heaven and condemns or God says, come to me? Do you think God sits in heaven and goes like, man, I, I'm, I'm, I'm adding to the fire right now. Or God says, my son lay down your, his life for you. Because sometimes, because as, as a church, we are afraid to even have those kind of conversations. We're afraid, so, so we avoid or we demonize. Hello? We're afraid or we what? Demonize. And then you add it in this Malawian African culture that can stone someone who does sin differently from us. Everyone lives in what? Fear. And sometimes what people fear, they demonize. What they demonize, they want to destroy. That's our nature. So we fail as humans to see the mercies of God for people that are different from us. Amen? So I don't know, but I feel like Joshua was leaving some humans like that. Complicated. With different stories. With different struggles. With different, with different, with different. And they were not sure how to navigate through life. And if you are here and you're like, I'm not sure, you are in the right place. Because God sees you, knows you. Like the, the things you are not sure people should even know, God knows and God sees. The things you have hidden from others, God knows, God sees. And in there, God does not say, get away from me. 
Because he's said that before. But he said, get behind me who? Satan. But to everyone, he said, I've come so that they have life and life abundantly. He says, come to me, all those that are weary and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. That's the invitations we see from Jesus. Jesus does not avoid your complications. Jesus drives through, goes through them, and says, come to me. So, so what is the thing? Who are the people we've labeled like they can't be in church? That the invitation Jesus has for them is like, come. When culturally, all we want to say is don't even show up to our Christian event. Jesus is walking to those complicated people like you. Saying, come to me. Come to me. So I think Joshua needed an encouragement from God. Because people are that complicated. People are that complicated. So Joshua needed that. And then the land he was going to possess. You read in the Bible from verse uh, 6b, and, and he says, Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause these people to inherit the land that I sold to their forefathers. Because he had waited before they stepped into this land. When you're in a season of waiting, right? Because he did that when he was a little bit younger, and it took almost eight years before they, Moses died and they went to this place. I don't know, 38 years is not a small number of years. And sometimes when you are waiting for God for something in a season, doubt can creep in. The same things you believed when you were a teenager about God might be things you are wrestling about God today. Because when you were a teenager, all you wanted to do is like, save God. That's not my story. When I was a teenager, I was the opposite. I was like, God for who? God for what? Why God? Why not my life? And all those other things. But for some of us, our actual wrestle and our actual story is that when we were young, we had a certain kind of faith and life happened. That's all. That's how we even explain it. Life happened and I just don't know. And I just don't know. This man needed to hear that you've got to be strong, you've got to be courageous. Because when you're in a season of waiting, it can be painful. Because you have prayed for the same thing for how long? Very long. You don't even have a time how long you've been prayed for. Like, man, I have prayed for this since I can remember. And it's like sometimes I, I forget that I was praying for that. Yeah. And then a few months later I go like, oh God, I still need you to help me with yeah. that. I still need you to show up in that. I still need you to help me. I still need you to heal me from that. I still need you to give me uh, those finances. I still need your help here. I still, I still, still. And you can sit in that season and just create new rhythms, create muscles to live without those things. Yeah. And for some of us, that's where we've been for a long time. That we trusted God, we prayed to God, and it looked like, it seemed like God was not showing up. So what did we do? We developed a way to navigate life without the answer we thought God was going to give us. So right now, five years later, ten years later, we've even forgotten that that's how we started to get where we are. That we started because we were praying for God and it looked like it was not happening and when we, were, we, were, we, we gave up a little bit. But because we're Christian, we kind of like, 
said, maybe it's not the will of God and all these other things. And then we moved on and, 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 and then we shifted. And this man had to hear that from God. Because of the land he was going to possess. Because now probably that land had bigger giants. Or other things. And God still invited this man. And the third thing was the man who was going to succeed. Joshua was going to succeed Moses. And that's all it's tough. I don't know if you've ever had a chance of succeeding someone. For those of us that are working, if our position had someone before, the tendency of our organizations, of our people, our friends, is to compare the back in the day conversation. You know, back in the day, you know, when we had that other person, this is how things used to go. Oh, when we had this, oh, when they were around, and it can eat you up. Because humans feel good when we compare. Yeah. That's how a lot of us are trapped. We're trapped in comparison. It's not that what we don't have isn't enough, but they have something we don't have. Therefore, what we have is not enough. We compare. We spend over our time or our resources. We even go and get more education, not because we need the education. <laughs> oh, Jesus, help. Not because, <laughs> not because we need the education, but just to prove a point that we are the ones who are very educated in our family. We are the ones with more stuff, more cars, more things, more, 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 more. So we can get caught up. And this man was going to succeed Moses. Moses is the guy that received the law from the Lord and wrote a bunch of the books in the Bible. So, as we're going to see in a minute, when God was inviting this guy to meditate on the scripture... Meditate on my word. God was inviting him to meditate on the things Moses was writing that he had heard from God. So you're like, this guy is being sent. Like, man, you're gonna take these people to a promised land, okay? And you're gonna lead these people. And this guy is like, okay, uh, we, which people? Okay, these these ones, the same ones that are fond of creating idols. The same ones, okay, okay, great, great, great. Yeah, yeah, and you're gonna take them to that land and you're gonna succeed Moses and that's a tough one and some of you God has called you to step into spaces where things are a little bit more complicated uh, while a lot of people love to work for good organizations some of you God has called you to go to the broken ones so that he can use you and use your skills to uplift them and sometimes walking into a place like that can be a nightmare yeah. can be complicated can be be painful. And some of you, hello, the relationships you are in can be a little bit complicated. The relationships God invites you to step into can be a little bit more complicated. And for those of you that know me, I still say this, I can't see my wife, but you know, it took me a long time to believe that she actually liked me. <laughs> like, no, can you see her? You know, like, she's amazing, like, you sure? And it was nothing to just do with who she was. It had everything to do with what I had been through. 
I had been through so much toxic stuff that I could not believe someone really wanted me. Like, it would go like, yeah, but if she just knows my story, yeah. she's going to walk away. Yeah. Right? That was it for me. If you just know how I think, she would not want me. If you just know the battles I'm fighting, she'd probably write a letter and get me fired as a pastor. <laughs> if she just, if she just, if she just. And sometimes it was because that's what I carried from where I was coming from up until I met her. And she was able to love me in ways that I only thank God for that. I, like I literally don't deserve. And that completely changed my life. Come on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> What am I saying? What am I saying? Sometimes a lot of us, despite what God says, we still choose to believe what our fears and our junk says about us. And every time we sit in a place where our junk is defining us, we fail to see what God is inviting us to or how we can step into those things. So our struggle sometimes has nothing to do with God or others has everything to do with us because we're still convinced that the only way to become better is to compare ourselves with other people instead of trusting God to be the one that qualifies us to do what he wants us to do. And every time we sit at a place where we want to compare ourselves, other people who always look better their highlight reels on Instagram and Facebook will always look incredible. And we'll go back home and go like, man, they're having so much fun. And forget it now, it's the 45th photo before. <laughs> that moment, they took 45 pictures and they posted one. And it's filtered, man. It's filtered. <laughs> that if you actually met them in person, you'll go like, man, you look like someone I have known before. <laughs> Oh, that was too real? Yeah. <laughs> For some of us, it's just we, we believe in our junk to the point that we actually enjoy defining ourselves by our struggle. Wow. So when we see the spaces where God is like, hey, I want you to start helping serve the church, it's not like we're not hearing the Lord in our heart push it push us a certain direction. All we are seeing in the mirror are the things and the moments we have failed and we felt disqualified. So Joshua had to hear from God. Be strong and courageous. Courage to overcome the things you have allowed to define yourself. Courage to overcome the things people have called you people. Courage to overcome <laughs> the comparison trap you have believed all your life about. Amen. Courage to step into the invitation that God has clearly put before you. Courage to see that God wants you to be more. Courage to quit. Yeah, courage to quit those drugs. Courage to quit playing around, flirting around. Courage to quit all these other things. Courage to commit. Strength to trust in God. Strength to trust in God. 
courage to rely on the Lord and trust in the Lord and not lean on your own understanding. That God is inviting you to these things. But when you sit on the place where you're comparing your life to other people, that's, that's, you can't do it. Actually, the moment you get to do it, your ambition is to just be better than the other person. Instead of being obedient to what God is inviting you to. So you spend your entire life, if you were in a toxic relationship, getting into a new dating relationship where all you're trying to do is prove a point to the ex. (laughs) All you're trying to do is prove a point to your parents that you can get someone in your life. All you're trying to do, so you're not even spending time to love and to know someone. You're trying, you're spending all your time creating moments to prove a point to people. That this can be your life. This can be cool. This can be great. This can be that. This can be that. And it's joyless. It's joyless. Because when people don't hit like on that photo, and you feel like, man, that was not a good moment enough. So you stretch your partner. You stretch your friend. Because you want more things that people can like and then make your heart feel like, yeah, man, I think we got this. I think it's going great. I think we are in a good relationship. Why? Because people like your photos on... Because your family looks like... Okay. So God needed to say to this man, be strong and courageous. And the fourth thing is because the God he was to serve. The God he was to serve. That this man needed to be strong and courageous because of the God he was going to serve. The God he was going to serve. Because when this Israel sinned, the God this guy was being called by got the ground to separate and swallow people. Like, oh, that sounds like Hellboy stuff. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> So that God was calling this guy to go and serve him and be strong and courageous. Man, that can be intimidating. And that's where some of us are. We're like, yeah, man, I know God wants me to do that, but man, I just, it's God. (laughs) It's God. He's powerful. He's strong. He's holy. I know where I was last night. Man, that, that God had said to Moses, because you did this one thing, strike this rock more times than I told you. You know, you're, gonna, you're not going to go to the promised land. Like, God, this is Moses. This is like your friend. You say, even say it like your favorite human. You gave him all these laws, all these other things. And he does that one thing and you say like, he's not going to see the promised land. God, come on. And that God, He's sending this guy to the promised land. He really needed to hear that. He really needed to hear that. <laughs> you know, my favorite one is God literally made the unbelieving generation when God had sent a clear promise to them and they did not believe. The Israelites wandered in the wilderness for a generation. <laughs> Like, you know how we are? Like, we and our kids, we all die and just keep wondering, 
and the next generation is what goes to the promised land. And this guy is like, that's, what, that's the God you want me to see? Yes. That's the God that calls us, the God who is holy. God who is strong. God who is sovereign. A God who does what pleases him. A God that sees. A God that blesses generations to generations. A God who has a plan for every human being. A God that knows the number of your hair <laughs> in your head. A God that says, look at the birds. They don't have farms and shop right and game, but they eat. They have life. A God who fully and truly sees all, and yet, and yet, chooses you to be part of his mission. And you know the cool part? It's because we did not qualify for that. Jesus did qualify for us. So where we would fear a God for his holiness, Jesus received the full wrath of God not part of it. The full wrath of God. So that you'll be the righteousness of God. Because he's imputed the righteousness. He was clothed then. And put it on your life. That, that's why Jesus is a big deal. Amen? And, and that's not doing justice. That's why Jesus is everything. That's why you want to get to God. You want to come to God. You cannot do it unless God is causing you you to come. And you cannot do it unless God is the one working in your heart. You cannot do it unless Jesus is the one changing you. And some of us, like you, like me, we've, we've had that moment where we have given a testimony like, and the scripture came alive to me. Like, no, you were a dead human. And the Holy Spirit worked in your heart so hard that you read scripture and boom, light. Why am I saying all those things? All those things I'm saying, if you were dead and God pursued you to bring life into your soul, God brought you from death to life, then don't you think he is really with you when you are living in Christ and for Christ? Don't you think that God that brought you from the dead was just like, I have a plan and a purpose for your life. Do you think he didn't have anything to do then? He was like, man, let me get some humans. Let me give them some life. No, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That word, you. For God loves you that he sent his son. That whoever believes, and how does faith come? Comes by hearing. Hearing what? The word of God. Are, are you saying that? That your salvation, from beginning to end, has been God orchestrating it. Moving you from death to life. Making his word come alive to a life that was dead. So that you come to God, not only with humility, but understanding that it has been grace all along. It's been his kindness all along. So that when you look at Jesus, the God that would scare you is the God that says, I love you and I delight in you. 
That when you look at Jesus, the God that was angry with you, you see a God that is joyful and that says he gives you strength because his joy is your strength. That the God that you'll be afraid of approaching calls you daughter, calls you son. To the point that our spirit, our heart cries out, Abba, Father, because he hears us. Ababa, Adadi. That's the God that this guy was called to serve. That's the same God who is there with you in your situation, in your figuring out what life is about. This is the God who is there for you. This is the God who is working all things for your good. This is the God. Not some things for your good. All things for your good. Not some things, because you can explain some things. No, all things, even the things you cannot explain. Why and how, God. All things. All things. That's the God this guy is going to serve. And that's the God who is there for you today. Right now. That this is a God that fully truly sees your doubts, your fears, your comparison traps, your bitterness, your I'm not sure moments. And just says, haven't I commanded you? It was not a request. I have this request for you. Be strong and courageous. No, no, no. Have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? To be strong and courageous because my promises are true. God's promises are true. That's why we are courageous. That's why we are trusting in God. Because God commits to his word. God is faithful. <laughs> if God is not faithful, he sees us to be God. That's the truth. And God cannot do that. God will be faithful in his word for his word and will not let his word return void and accomplish what God has sent it forth. So we, we have strength and courage because God has promised and because God has power. Power in his word, power to help, power to protect from danger, power to lead, power to guide. God has power, power to heal. Not only physically, but even emotionally. Because some of us, we have enough faith, so strong faith, to believe God to heal, but only physically. That when we have junk and we have stuff that we're going through, we feel like God doesn't fully understand and know to be able to heal. God has power. And God's presence, that's how we're strong. We're strong and courageous because God has promised in his word to be with us. Because God has power and God is present. God is present in all things, in all seasons, and even in the missions God is inviting us to. So be strong. Be resilient. Follow through. Be aware of what might make you weak. Embrace help from God. Finish strong. That's for someone. Finish strong. Don't quit. Finish strong. Be strong. Know he is commanding you, not simply requesting you. Be courageous, be brave, be audacious, fearless. Not fearless, but fearless. Fearless. Trust in God 
who fully and truly knows you and knows all situations and hold all things together. Trust in God. Be courageous. Courage to start. Reading the Bible a little bit more. Courage to start that business. Courage to start that relationship. Courage to quit that toxic work environment. Hello? Courage to quit that toxic relationship. Courage to quit being abused. Courage to walk away from places that you have compromised so much. Courage to walk away from people that still wants you to cross their lines. Courage to walk away. And courage to start off. Courage because God has promised to be with you. Because God has power for you. And because God is present with you. You can have that courage. You can have that courage. You can have that strength. So the Bible says, be careful to read. Be careful to obey. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right, to the left, that you may have good success. That success in God's kingdom, most of the times, is not measured by the results we see. It's measured by the faithfulness we've given to God. In some of us, we just want certain numbers. When God is like, I really want you to be faithful. Some of us, we're caught up in certain kind of results. When all God is inviting us to, because I want you to be faithful. I want you to be faithful in that place. I want you to be faithful in that relationship. I want you to be faithful in that church. I want you to be faithful in that community. I want you to be faithful at your work. I want you to be faithful. I want you to be faithful. I want you to be faithful. Because in the Bible, there's a guy, he was a deacon. His name was Stephen. This guy's job, part of it was to share food, distribute food, which will somehow be a least job nowadays. Like, come on, I'm a man of God, I cannot be distributing food. I cannot be doing something that looks lowly. But when you read scripture, the Bible says the day he was stoned for his faith, he looked up to heaven. And I, I haven't read more times in the Bible, but he looked up to heaven and the Son of Man had stood up. Not because this guy was the greatest evangelist of all time. Not because this guy had a TV show. Not because this guy was going to flood and they had a podcast. Not because this guy had had stuff. But this guy was faithful to know God. And to save where God wanted him to be. That when he looked up at the moment where he was getting stoned and killed for his faith. He saw the son of man, the king of kings, our Lord Jesus Christ. Standing up. Standing up. What a moment. What a moment. Right, because he was a faithful man. He was faithful to the things God wanted him to do. And for some of us, that's all we need to do. We're in places where people quit a lot. And somehow God has us to hold certain things together. Stay there. Stick with it. Finish strong. 
So it says, do not turn from it right and left. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. And sometimes we love to say you will make your bank account prosperous. Wait for me. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good what? Success. Man, I want you guys to be successful. I really want you guys to be successful. I want you guys to have so much money. Amen. <laughs> Can I pass the dream? Come on. But I don't want your hearts to, accu- to, to be full of stuff. I don't want your life to, still, to simply be defined by stuff. I want you to be so successful that you are content in not having stuff. I want you to be so successful that having Jesus is enough and sufficient in your life. I want you to be so successful that you can give whatever God wants you to give. You can give a car, you can give a house, you can give stuff, you can give money. I want you to be that level of success. That things, accumulating things, and looking like the way the world looks is not something that you aim for. I want you to be so successful that there goes a man that our Lord stands up when your life is being put down on the ground. That there goes a woman of God that the angels are so happy with the work of sweeping this room, sweeping that place, cleaning that toilet, doing all those other things. I want you to be that level successful because God's word, when we meditate on it, it makes us successful. Because God's word makes us a little bit more kind. Hello? When the world says it's all about you, God says, be kind. When the world says, what do we want? We don't know. When do we want it? Now. God says, be patient. For I am with you. When your friends, your family say, hey, when are you doing this? When are you having that? God says, for I know. I know your life. And I have a plan for you. You are not an accident. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. When God invites you to these things, these things become more than the fears you are facing, than the drought you are struggling, than the stuff the world has made important. Do you know, do you know, that 20 years ago, people were still alive without their phones? (laughs) They were still alive. They were still going to church, going to work. Some of them were still driving. People were just having relationships, they were okay. They were okay. And sometimes, I'm I'm sorry, we get so caught up in stuff, 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 even in the church. Even in the church. I'm not saying you shouldn't have. Remember what I said at the beginning. I want you to be successful. But your success did not be measured by faults or someone else. Your success to be measured by a God that truly, fully loves you. That to the point when you have billions, praise God you have money to sponsor churches, to plant more churches, to help humans flourish. Amen? To the point that when you don't have, 
thank God you have time, you have resources to go help in flourishing the world. That is how you get defined when you sit in God's word. So the Bible says, hey, meditate on scripture. Meditate on my word. Be careful. This is my favorite. Be careful to do the revealed will of God. Because that's how you find your specific will God has for you. Let me say that again. A lot of us have asked, what's my will in this life? But we are not doing the revealed will of God. How are we going to go to the personal when we can't fully understand and do the general? God wants you to start serving. Yeah? Start loving people. Yeah? Start being generous. Yeah? Because in those kind of spaces that you're going generous, kind, loving, humility, and all these other things, you're moving towards something small and specific. And before you know it, you're doing something specific. And you completely feel God wants me to do this specific thing. But you do not end there or start there. You started at say, God, what do you say in your word? Love your neighbor. Who is my neighbor? Everyone, even those people. You're sure, Jesus? Yeah. Uh, give. How should I give? As your heart. Uh, my heart doesn't really want to give today. <laughs> okay. So learn to give. What if you learn to give 10%? Like a tithe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a tithe. Because it grows your muscles in giving. But the goal is to be a generous giver. Not just a tithe giver. So you move from just giving the 10% to even giving your 50%. God, I'm not sure if I want to get to that. That sounds a little bit more... The way my life is set up. It's not... But how does that happen? When you search His Word. When you invest time in His Word. How are you investing your time? Is it in no series? Is it in just hanging out time? Because if you want to please God, God has revealed His will. His will is in His Word. Meaning if you want to know His will, you've got to stay in His Word. Search His Word. Invest time in His Word. Be careful to not add or subtract. Don't, don't, we call it eisegesis. Don't, don't add meaning to scripture because you want it to fit something that you want. But be able to exegete. Open it up and ask, what did this word mean to the original hearers? What were they hearing when they heard this? Be careful to not add or subtract. Meditate at all times in all seasons. Because success comes when we live for God. Prosperity is walking and living in the will of God. Not just having stuff. Alright. Next steps. Where in your life do you need to be strong this week? Where in your life do you need to be courageous this week? What situation, what relationship do you need to be strong? What relationship do you need to be courageous in? And for the million things God has placed along your life way. What is the one thing you feel God is inviting you to go back to? So I have three things. Where in your life do you need to be strong this week? Where do you need to be courageous? And what step do you need to make towards God's invitation to you? I'm going to pray and we're going to do a simple song called Your Master. The goal is to surrender to God.
because he is the one that makes us strong. He is our strength. He is our all in all. Your skills can make you feel like you're strong. Your connections can make you feel you're strong. Your bank account can do that. But those are momentarily things. Only God can fully and truly give you strength. Only God can truly, fully guide you. Only God is faithful to his promises, not to your request. He's, let me say that again. God is faithful to his promises, not just your request. God is faithful to his will, not just your will and some things you want God to do for you. God is faithful to his promises. That's why he wants your life, your heart to be so aligned by his word. But that will happen when you're meditating on it.